and you have control of a hole in the ground. And you move the hole around and things fall through the hole. And as things fall through the hole, the hole gets a little bigger and then larger things can fall into the hole. This is what being drunk feels like. Yeah, and then eventually the hole gets big enough where you can like... Bedroom edition. <laughs> Rated in a. Uh, this is no number, right? This pack no, episode one. Let's number them. Rated in a number two sixty three. Yes. Uh, packs episode one. Yeah. This is uh, your host Matt. And I'm Scott. And I'm Ash. We did it. So yeah. this is Pax East two thousand seventeen. It is Friday night, and we are all here in the club partying. It, yeah, partying in the in the bed club i've got my decaf coffee yeah we're uh we're having a jolly old time no yeah. I, we're gonna probably do uh you know daily wrap-ups as we do normally and kind of talk about the games we've played and the things we've experienced and uh let's go ahead and just get started with uh thursday night slash friday what we did sweet thursday night was a, a chill sesh it was nice right? we, we yeah. met up with uh, old pals yeah many yeah. of um which were on the show so we hung out with a. Uh, Hillary and Mylan and Ben Britton. Yeah, Ben Britton, who uh, were all. I just, I just feel very close to them for some reason right now. Just so close to Hillary and Mylan at all <laughs> yeah. times. In, in a random fluke of uh, of fate, we ended up actually with a, a, like our hotel room is literally the next hotel room over from there. Yeah. Which is just yeah. very strange. We share a wall mm. with them. That's fantastic. Yeah. How does that happen? That's cool. So Magic. We, yeah. We hung out. We had some apps. Yeah. And uh, that was Thursday night. That was very jolly. But I think maybe the reason why a lot of people are listening right now is because I believe we are the first non-super humongous press outlet to play yeah. Mass Effect. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. are the first non-super non humongous. <laughs> well, let's let's call it like it is. We were not invited to the the press no. press play Mass Effect Andromeda sessions. They did in Redwood? Up. Yeah. No. Yeah, in Redwood. We were not invited to that. However... We were the first humans on the show floor from a, a you know yeah. from a, an outlet to get to play to play Mass yeah. Effect. So let's let's talk about it. Yeah, uh, we got there were four playable classes. There was a Krogan Vanguard. There was a, an Asari Sentinel. Sentinel, yeah. There was a human adept yep. and a human soldier. Yeah, right. And uh, let's see, I played as the Krogan Vanguard. Yeah, I played as the Asari. Uh, Sentinel. Yeah. I was the human adept. Yeah. Cool. And so we played through, let's see, we played through... Seven Waves, right? Seven Wave yep. Mission. Uh, we extract. We would have full extracted if that guy hadn't dipped out at the last second Oh, yeah. P.S. P.S. Like, we're, we're all playing. The three of us are playing. <laughs> we're playing with a rando who's, like, totally doing great. Mm -hmm. Whole match. All of a sudden, we get to Wave 6, and I hear him say... He starts talking to the developer, and he starts going, like, Hey, uh, is there anything I need to know about this game before I leave? And I on the headset I go, "Hey, you're not leaving. We got two waves left." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "You're gonna help us finish this." He literally stopped playing. I looked over yeah. and he was just standing there talking to the dev, like yeah. not even looking at the screen. I was like, "I was like, you're gonna help me finish this. We're gonna extract." Yeah. Like, so whatever outlet you're from, buddy, you're a d bag. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, you know, I mean, we were about to win that whole damn 
the whole damn thing, and we couldn't do it without. Well, we did it anyway. Wait, we did it. Anyways. We won. We just it was did fine. full extract. But yeah. it was cool. We played. Uh, it was cool because the squad that we played against there were like Krogan enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were like other creatures, like more like uh, shielded creature. Like I don't know. They weren't like uh, yeah. It, they it, weren't Turians, but they were Turian like. I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, that's the new race, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the there, Angara or Angara, something. Yeah. Yeah. And then there were like these little uh, critters that looked like big, weird dinosaur dog things mm-hmm. that chased us around too. Yeah. So it was good. And then uh, uh, something that was like a titan, but it was called a hydra, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. That chased us around, so that was super cool. It was like a weird hodgepodge. It must have been. They haven't really revealed like what enemy factions you face off against in multiplayer, but mm-hmm. it seemed like this was sort of like the piratey kind of yeah. faction because it was a hodgepodge, uh, right? There yeah. were like Krogans and then robots, and yeah, it's like. Yeah. You know, so I think it was like a little mix of, of everything, so. Yeah, that was cool. I noticed, um, as far as the map goes, it reminded me of like an old, you know, uh, what was that industrial firebase map where it's like, you can kind of. I played that map so much. The one that you remember. can shoot down range on very easily. Uh-huh. It's the one that had a lot of the dwellings that were kind of raised above the ground. We played on a map that reminded me of that, mm-hmm. except the uh, map we played on was smaller in scale because now in this game you have uh, a jump jet. And so they kind of introduced this idea of fighting vertically, and I knew it, it took us all a little bit of time to figure it out because for a while we were fighting on a bridge, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I noticed that there were enemies popping up on the rooftops mm-hmm. of the dwellings, and I was right. like, "Oh shit! We need to not only defend the ground now; we need to defend the roof yeah. on the building." And uh, when we got to the waves that were objective based, sometimes the objectives also spawned on the rooftops too, so it really kind of added. The objectives I got a little lost on. I think I didn't really... I completed one of the hacking ones or whatever yeah. that was, upload or something yeah. like that. I was like total PTFO the whole time. I was like, everybody get to me! Yeah, Objective yeah. B, let's go! Yeah. yeah. No, it worked well. I mean, the you know, teamwork is still very much key if you play any Mass mm-hmm. Effect 3 multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it feels very, very the same, which yeah. um, there's nothing wrong with that because the Mass Effect 3 system was, was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. The verticality took some getting used to. Uh, your character has a dash now that it can use and yeah. a, a jump, and it has, also has the ability to kind of pull itself up onto ledges if you don't quite make the jump. Mm-hmm. And so it's possible to, you know, if you get in a sticky situation in the map that we were playing, like you can just kind of like leap into the air and dash away, mm-hmm. which yeah. wasn't an option in Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. You Combat's know I mean? like a little more f- fast and frantic, I would say. Yeah, yeah it a is. little bit. It is. But um, as the Sentinel, the Asari Sentinel, um, I had some neat combos. I had like a push and like almost like a lash ability that I can draw enemies closer to me, uh, which I could combo. And then um, I started out with uh, just a, a normal... I forget, what, what this, what's the standard pistol? Like the... Um, not the Carnifex, but the... Not the Carnifex. The Falcon? Yeah. The Falcon? Is that the yeah. right? The Falcon's a rifle, I think. Yeah. Okay. Our yeah. listeners will know, but the yeah. standard the standard Mass Effect pistol. Yeah, yeah. but they didn't... They didn't. Uh, I noticed that a lot of the builds, like, none of the weapons were, like... They weren't revealing anything with the weapons, because, like, I think you had the Disciple. Yeah. I had, like, the Avenger and the Carnifex. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was all kind of, like... I don't know what my rifle was. It was yeah. weird. I feel like our all of our weapon kits were pretty standard, and... Yeah. The thing I noticed, though, is that you still had your four-way consumable abilities, but the top one, which usually would have been the Cobra Launcher, I had something that, like, was, like, a short, uh, like, fire burst. It was almost like a tech grenade or something. Yeah. I had, like, mines. I didn't use mine. I I didn't realize I had mine for a little while. I'd forgotten about it. And then I was like, oh, you were like, you can heal yourself. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, pick (laughs) yourself up. Let's go. I can't get to you. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I, I mean, overall, I felt the experience was 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 pretty great. I'm excited to get back there and play a little bit more. Um, you know, it it was great having the headsets working and being able yeah. to work together and call out different attacks. And there's, you know, there's a time where somebody was getting bitten by one of the hounds, and like they actually do like a stun ability where they chew on your character's arm, and you can kind of like, like help. You have to like mash the Y button to get. Yeah, your yeah. Free. I thought that was pretty cool. I think the thing that like we didn't get to see is and I'm interested in this is that like they're linking up the single player and the multiplayer now where uh you know you have these like little war table style missions that you can either run with like your NPC characters like you know in probably take like a couple hours or something to run it or you can jump into multiplayer and run the mission yourself yeah and so yeah. I think that's kind of more exciting cuz you'll probably jump into some maps or like there will be modifiers or something and you'll have to complete the objectives right. to get the rewards and I think that that's yeah. that's probably going to add a, a new dimension to the to the gameplay but I, I mean, overall, it was like reminding me of Mass Three with like some extra things, and I, I think that's okay. And I think once you get to see whatever the new stuff is that they were kind of like not showing you, I think it'll be kind of like a really fun thing to do again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. It's like a you know the the fact that they there's so much variety, and it's weird that the game is so close to launching. Like we're gonna be able to play this next week, and like. Thursday. There's still no list of all the playable classes and all the weapons and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like it's it's just wild that they didn't like... want to release the names of the aliens and stuff. It was just like we're releasing nothing about this game. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's really yeah. weird. Everything's still no kind spoilers. of under wraps. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to get in there, you know, next week and and actually play around. And you know, from what I saw, um, just from the, the screenshots that Fernando Mello tweeted out, um, there's at least 20 playable. Class, damn. Class and uh, yeah. race combos. That's exciting. And there's different rarities now, which I don't know if you guys saw that, but there's, it, they do the the color coded. Um, it's not it's not the same as like World of Warcraft with like blues and purples, but they have like, um, basically commons or like gray characters, mm-hmm. and then it goes all the way up to like greens. I think there are blues, and then there's yellows, which are like legendaries or rares, and then there's reds, which are like ultra ultra. Oh, rare. that's cool. So. Um, you of course have to discover those in the in the consumable packs that nice. you that you get from playing. So yeah, I'm cool um, with that. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, so that it was cool. Do you want to jump into the panels and just yeah, kind of sure. keep it Mass Effect for a little sure. while? Sure. Yeah. So Ash and I got in line and uh, went into and Scott actually you got to stream it right. Yep. Parts of it. Yeah. Um But we went to the big Mass Effect panel that happened today in the main room. Uh, it was pretty packed, mm-hmm. uh, full of people. Line wasn't too bad, though. PAX does a good job with line management. Um, and then uh, they walked... I mean, I can't name everybody. I know Mike Gamble, and then I'm not sure of everybody else's name, so... I don't remember yeah, right now they, they walked about eight of them out there, and uh, they look like they've been working very hard on the yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. They, did a, they did a playthrough of one of the loyalty missions. Yes. So uh, we got to see... Um, Lloyd? Is that who the character's name is? Uh, Liam? Liam. 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 Yeah. 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 Liam. Um, you, I mean, this is all available on Twitch now, so none of it's spoilery, so you can mm-hmm. watch the playback on Twitch TV, and I'm sure it's floating around the internet, and if you're listening to this... I don't even know what I can spoil in it. Yeah, you, they were like, there's spoilery stuff, and I kept going like, what is Well, I think a lot part? of people, including myself, like, IGN did a playthrough where they played the first 20 minutes yeah, of the game, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I'm not watching that, yeah, yeah. are you freaking kidding yeah. me? Like, there's no way I'm watching that, but this was, uh, 
about about twenty minutes of a loyalty mission. Um, it was much more comedic in tone. Yeah. It was like because I guess Liam is supposed to be sort of the the funnier sidekick. I character. thought he was like an idealist though, kind of like the one who believes in the mission. Yeah, but he's also from what I've I've understood from what I've I've heard about him is he is kind of like a snarky kind of funny oh, character. Okay. So okay, I got it. This mission kind of reflected that. It was like a. Sort of a, a everything that can go wrong will go wrong mission, yeah. And, and it makes it kind of funny. And you also get to see, um, you know, how different Ryder is from Shepard in this mission as mm-hmm. well. And this one thing, it's like we, you know, we always spoke very, very highly of uh, Jennifer Hale's acting, and it was fucking incredible. But at the same time, like Commander Shepard was a pretty like straightforward, yeah. Like yeah, very I, would, I, I wouldn't say dull, but like if it wasn't for her acting, like she was, you know, yeah, not the most emotional of characters. Well, they mentioned in a panel too is that like Shepard's already a hero, like a hardened, yeah, like, like soldier. In the first few minutes, <clears> happened, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so like these people, and they mentioned in a panel are all like untested and unrefined, and yeah. so. They're all just kind of figuring stuff out together, so it's kind of like a little right. more like raw, I think. Yeah, I, I think yeah, and and from what I gathered from the mission, um, you know, and getting to see Ryder and the responses Ryder has, like it almost it almost feels like, well, he he or she is a much younger character than Shepard, much more mm-hmm. inexperienced, and therefore like a, is experienced the narr- experiencing the narrative differently than Shepard was, meaning that it's just it's all adventure at this point. It's all kind of ridiculous, like holy cow, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Whoa, man! There's a stampede in the There's hallway. There's a stampede in the hallway. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> I didn't think that happened very often. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I liked what I saw. We saw um, more of that the verticality that we were talking about. The yeah. mission had. Uh, Sort of this anti-gravity sequence where the ship they're in loses grav and then flips over upside down. So you're playing the whole map upside down. Yeah. And it flips on its side and yeah. it kind of leads to a variety of different puzzles. Um, a lot of, like, we see a lot of comedy, but it was, it was, I actually really enjoyed the comedy in there. I thought it was yeah, really well done. Yeah, I thought the, the moments of levity were, were legitimately funny and, like, done well and, and the writing was, was good. Yeah. I like the character banter when you're fighting. Yeah. Like, yeah. just when you're walking around, I like that the characters are all talking to each other. There was one, and that was like, they didn't really play it up. They talked about it a little bit, but there was a few moments of just, like, pure character banter that happened kind of around you as the main character, both while you were fighting and also, like, before you left the ship and then once you were in the, like, you're in your mission, like, the characters around you kept, like, bantering even without you saying anything. Yeah. No, that's, and, yeah. And what felt like, um, and of the very little DIA, DAI I played, it felt a little bit more naturally here. Like, it just kind of was mm. happening mm-hmm. a bunch around it and less, like, long pause and then two characters say oh, something to yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. Um not that it wasn't, I mean, I don't have enough experience mm. in the other game, but it felt natural in this one. Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, it looks good. It's like, I think we walked out and you kind of said, like, I just want to play the game at this point. Yeah, yeah. it's time. I'm just ready to play. <laughs> Let's just go with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, everything looks great. And, you know, I, 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 I liked everything that I saw. And uh, I really, really enjoyed the, the, uh, the part when they were talking about the inside of the, of the new ship and how you can see all the environments outside. Mm-hmm. And how the ship itself is like a much more, it's it's a much more real environment because yeah. it's interacting with with space yeah. like more realistically. I thought that was pretty fantastic. Yeah, they, they said like if you fly into a system and there's a planet in the system, you can actually look out the viewport of your ship and, and see, see that planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's I think really that's cool. great. And they actually yeah. showed a little bit of space navigation like within a, within a solar system. So if you find an anomaly, you actually 
zoom through space and you can examine the anomaly and send out probes and like there's a lot of there's just a, I feel like there's a lot of systems that really haven't been even after watching all the Andromeda Initiative videos mm-hmm. like the whole series I feel like there's just so much about the mechanics of this game that are new and exciting that I don't really know about yeah, like, you have to I learn know as you, you can go. fix up the the new um, the new Mako to make yeah. it do all sorts of different nomad. stuff but I had to kind of like yeah the Nomad but I had to kind of dig for that information to find out well, how exactly can you upgrade the Nomad, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's... Well, and they might have talked about this before, but the thing that I think Gamble mentioned, um, maybe it wasn't, I don't remember, somebody mentioned mentioned on the panel, that uh, the dialogue wheel, you know, is, there's no longer Renegade and Paragon, but what they do have are, the, what do you call them, four pillars or something? Tones. Tones yeah. that, that are constantly intermixing and... and it makes your answers more and more gray area, which is, like, how I kind of play naturally. Like, yeah. Renegade and Paragon always felt weird to me because they were very clear, like, yeah. this is Renegade, this mm-hmm. is Paragon, and now it feels very much more like you're just going to have conversations and you're going to reply the way you feel like you want to reply, yeah. and it'll just, the conversation will move forward. You can be, way. like, serious or jokey or yeah. impulsive yeah. or, like, introspective or whatever. And they don't tell you. It's not like it says, like, mm-hmm. okay, parentheses, Bad sarcastic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. it doesn't look like that, so. Yeah. So anyways, that's... Exciting! The game will be out, you know, early access on Thursday. So yep, yeah, closing in. Um, you guys were well. I kind of crashed it. We we're all on a panel. This yeah. next thing in the morning. Yeah. Welcome to PAX PAX orientation panel. Yeah. Which is cool. It's hosted by our pal Mylan, and uh, let's see. She's done this for a couple of years. Yeah. Now. I think ben be Ben was on it. Ben was on ben it. Ben Britton and uh, uh, another friend, uh, Stefan, who uh, Hillary met through like a writing panel, was mm-hmm. on it, and uh, we basically just. And Hillary. And Hillary, yeah, Hillary was on it too. And so basically we just talked about like what it's like to to be at PAX as people that have been many times and a lot of people in the room it was their first time yeah. at PAX. So we just kinda gave our advice and then we kinda did like a icebreaker activity, which I think was very successful because yeah, it was fun. at the end everybody was standing around talking, which is kind of the whole point. Yeah, we right. actually you write a name you write your name and like drew some emojis or something on, on a paper airplane and then they just got thrown around a bunch in the room like crazy and like the act of everybody throwing paper airplanes kind of brings that funny, like, right. everybody was laughing by like the end of it. Loosen everybody up. Yeah. And then uh, you pick up a paper airplane, and you find the person with that name, and you meet somebody new. And, and I ended up kind of just walking around talking to anybody that was staying mm. around just saying hi. Yeah. Um, but it was super nice, and, like, met a lot of first-time PAX people that came out to just kind of say hi and get their morning started, and it was cool. It was a lot of fun. It, it's funny, because, like, you know... For people that have been listening to the show for a while, you know, we kind of cut our teeth at this convention and learned a lot about the industry at this convention from coming time and time again. But, um, you know, it's an industry we love and being able to share like our passion for, for the industry and for the convention itself is really pretty cool. And get to, you know, getting to see people that have never been here that are, you know, just as excited, just as, you know, interested in this stuff as we are and were is, is just, you know, a great experience. So. Yeah. So it was fun. Cool. You want to talk about some games that we yeah, played? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, sure, go ahead. All right, so um, over at the Microsoft booth, I played a game called Runer, which is a uh, game from Devolver Digital. Mm-hmm. Something I've been kind of keeping my eye on for a while because it's like a had kind of a cyberpunk vibe to it. Right. Um, and I played like a short demo. Uh, the game is sort of a isometric top-down game sort of in the style of uh, Diablo like perspective except um, you have a 
sort of like a dash mechanic and it's all melee combat on okay. your on your end and i mean i i can see that there's probably some upgrades like later on down the line but basically i'm running through these like cyberpunk environments i get attacked by groups of enemies um, i can like dash to strike them but the enemies are all very agile so if you dash to them they'll kind of run away from you and try yeah. to fire like their pistols and stuff at you okay. which is cool um and you get a shield, and so basically if you strike somebody, the game kind of slows down and goes into this kind of like combo uh, opportunity. And that's really all I got to see, but I still think the presentation of the game is really interesting. And it has kind of like a dark, dystopian Blade Runner kind of vibe and uh, like weird messages that kind of glitch on the screen that's like, kill the boss. And you're just like, okay. And you kind of keep huh. like running through this environment looking for the boss. I was terrible at the game. Because um, I was playing mouse and keyboard, and ah. you, you you would dash in the direction that you would move, but then you had to use the mouse to direct the the angle of your melee attacks. So I was constantly like out dashing my my like melee range and like striking the wrong direction. But it's an interesting game. It's coming out I think for for PC pretty soon. So it's something I'm gonna keep an eye on. How about one? How about one of you guys? I have a couple others to talk about too. Uh. Well, I was wandering around. I was just pulling it up. I was uh, wandered the tabletop area as oh, I cool. want yeah. to do. Uh-huh. Um, and the the company that sells Gloom, which is a card game that your wife and my life, my wife uh, both love, oh, yeah. love a whole yeah. lot. Um, which is like a weird dystopian card stacking game. Uh, they were selling a game called Hounded, and it looked interesting. So I stopped by and took a peek. And did like a really quick demo with the guy, uh, and it is sort of it's unique. Um, it is a game where you play either as it's two player, and you play either as the fox or as a hunter. Mm-hmm. And the hunter has like a set of dogs, and then the board is a shuffled set of like square pieces, and then you flip over the pieces to move the fox or move the hunter, and the pieces have like different things on them, and the whole point is to find or survive a full day as a fox and there's three cards that you flip over that signify you surviving the full day um so you have to move the fox around to flip the cards over and the hunter is trying to like pen the fox in essentially Mm. uh sounds cool it's very chess like Mm -hmm. it's super easy to play it's tiny like it fits in like a ziploc bag it's not it doesn't take up a bunch of space Mm -hmm. i mean it's in a nice tin when you buy it but um but uh, if, yeah, if you're like if you like strategy chess like games and you want a two player game, I stop because Melissa and I always want to play games together. We don't have a ton of two player tabletop games. Mm-hmm. It's usually hard to come across those. Um, and this one's a really neat twist on like checkers or chess uh, style gameplay where there's a lot of strategy to how you're moving around. But the randomness of the board made it a little more like modern feeling, a little mm-hmm. more interesting. The art's pretty cool. It's very like blocky kind of like uh like a picasso like blocky art oh nice um so it's pretty cool it's called hounded uh and uh it was like 11 bucks or something affordable awesome. so nice. let's check that out what was Ash. the adult swim game i played what was you played kingsway kingsway oh my I god i almost forgot about that game yeah so uh i played kings kingsway from adult swim uh first of all i have to say one of the most brilliant setups yeah. at, at pax uh if you ever <laughs> Grew up playing games in the '90s. Everyone had these shitty, like wooden formica desks. desks. Yeah, yeah formica desks with like a big with, hutch on top. Yeah, and yeah a giant yeah. hutch and like a giant CRT monitor. Well, they didn't have the CRT monitor, but everything else honestly made it look like you're in like the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. Um, but Kingsway is 
part RPG, part fake operating system. <laughs> yeah. And it looks identical to maybe like Windows, Windows 95. 95. Yeah. 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 So everything is like if you grew up on Windows 95, the operating system for this game and the menu system and the general systems of this game are identical to Windows 95. So all, let's say, for instance, like your bag in the game would look like an icon that would exist in Windows 95. And when you open it up, it'll open a window that looks like a Windows 95 yeah. window. So your brain is just like broken the second you sit down because you it, it can't differentiate between what the operating system is or, or what the game is. It's then, very believable that yeah. what you are playing is the operating system. Yeah, right. Yeah. Except every component of the game appears in a separate window. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So for instance, when you fight against uh, an enemy, right, um, it'll, instead of doing like a, a standard animation, all you'll see are load bars that are your attack speed. Yeah. And so like whoever actually, whoever loads faster either you or the enemy gets their their hit off first and there's another window that shows how much damage is being done yeah and then there's another window that'll pop up that'll like show you what the loot is then you can drag the loot from the loot window into the into the backpack window you're not even joking like halfway through the game you had like 10 pop-ups on screen (laughs) yeah you're just trying to scoot everything out of the way so you can get back to the game map right yeah right absolutely so um it's one of those things that, like, we say this all the time at the show, but I feel like what Adult Swim does now is they find these little these little diamonds of a game that are, are perfect for that that perfect for them as a publisher. Like, mm. it's just it's just amazing. Like, yeah. So, and and honestly, I played for maybe 10, 15 minutes, um, which is normal for packs. You don't get to play mm. for very long, but. I, I was having so much fun. All I wanted to do was see where it went. And there's yeah. a lot of choose-your-own-adventure elements that were traditional to, you know, uh, RPGs. So I kept encountering this hooded man, and I could attempt to rob him, or I could ask him questions about the world and kind of dig a little bit deeper. And, uh, you know, you get to town, and you can walk around in town and also you know, go into bars or, or uh, go to buy weapons and trade. So it has all these traditional RPG things, but the way that it's, it's presented is just completely unique because... Yeah. Rather than there being like you know an engine that is running a game, you're basically playing it on, on a fake OS. Yeah, yeah. and everything Which is, is totally running, believable. Yeah, everything yeah. is like running on this fake OS. So um, it is like weirdly it, watching it. It was like weirdly brilliant looking in the fact that it was like purposeful, terrible UI. Like, yes. like it was like confusing and weird to look at. But also like completely familiar and easy to navigate. Like it was yeah, like right. a weird. They weirdly bridged this yeah. like gap of terrible and wonderful UI at the same time. You yeah, know? yeah, it's yeah. perfect. It was great. Um, let's see what happened next. I played. Actually, funny story. I had a friend of mine from college, and her husband came into town because they were just by by chance heading towards the airport. They took a train into Boston to take a flight out of Boston. They happened to be here. They had like two hours to spare. And so I grabbed some of our extra passes and I just took them down to the floor. Yeah. And because they'd never been, I was like, hey, you guys want to see PAX? And they're like, sure. So we went and we looked at the Nintendo Switch, which was really cool. And we got like kind of like a hardware demo. We didn't get to play anything. But then we went over to the indie mini booth and we played a game called uh, Abby, which is spelled A B I. And it looks like the developer is Grant and Bert. I think it's like a five person team. And they basically made this really interesting, uh, it kind of looks like 
maybe like a post future kind of game, like a Wally kind of future game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it the graphics look kind of more like a, a papercraft graphics. But it's an adventure game in which you play as uh, two robots. There's like a big robot and a little robot, and like. A lot of this world is inhabited by different types of service robots, and you don't really know what's happened to all the humans. Like, the humans are missing. But you, the big robot and the little robot are basically, you know, like any adventure game, you you know, you know, use both of the characters to help you solve puzzles and progress through the environment and do all, all kinds of different things. Right. Um, it's a five-person team, but I really think the hero uh, of the game is the artwork. And so, okay. like, I don't want to spend a lot of you know, too much time talking about the game, but I, I would just encourage everybody to go look at it. Um, and you can find that at www.abbygame.co, and that's spelled A-B-I, game. So really cool artwork. It's like a two-person, or like a two-character adventure game, which is kind of like, those are my favorite ones where it's not just you picking up items and moving stuff around. It's like the ones where there's like a different kind of mechanic to getting through the things. Right. And because it's like robots and stuff, it's like really cool and cute like it doesn't look like ominous or anything like the robots are cute but um there's definitely like you can tell there's like a world to explore which is exciting very cool yeah uh at one point we were all wandering around together and i pulled ash over to a game that i thought looked right up his alley due to the artwork and the ridiculousness of it Mm -hmm. but it was called hunt down and it was a 16-bit graphic style yeah cyberpunk Bounty Hunters. It's funny, there, there was an old game, um, I want to say late 80s, early 90s, Sega Genesis, called uh, Technocop. Yeah. You remember Technocop? Yeah, yeah, As soon as I saw this game, I was like, this is like a new Technocop, and it is very similar to Technocop. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Technocop, I remember back then, was it, it got banned in a lot of places because you could shoot kids. Mm. Did uh, it? Oh, I don't remember that. And the gun in Technocop, this is like... Four listeners on Earth are going to give a shit about this. The gun in Techno Shop fired uh, exploding bullets, uh, and there were like these little kids you had to rescue, but you could hit them, and the kids would like oh, it's terrible, blow up. Yeah. yeah. So this was made by a five-person Swedish team. Oh wow! I found out uh, called Tri- Easy Trigger Games, but uh, yeah, we again we don't have to talk a ton about it. It was fun. We played for like fifteen minutes. Right. Side scrolling. Side scrolling couch co-op like Contra style. Yeah, you're just not even Contra like RoboCop style. Yeah, it looks yeah. harder. Yeah. It was actually really pretty challenging. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the neatest mechanic is that the whole level you're chasing after a bounty, and at the end, essentially, the bounty shows up and then tries to escape. Right. And you end up chasing down the bounty, which both of us, like, when it happened, we're like, whoa, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah. it's a weird mechanic in a side scroller that wasn't normal. He actually me. ran back the way you, you came, came originally. Yeah. So you're running back through the level trying to catch him and, and shoot him. Which yeah. That's cool. Uh, but if you want to see some more, it's huntdowngame.com. Uh, I thought it was really fun. It's not yeah. coming out for a little while, so but console and PC. Couch co-op. Couch co-op. Um, I played something. Hold on. Pull it up because I have some information about it here. And I am forgetting everything because I'm tired. Um, it's a game called Metronomicon, which is actually already available on PC, but is coming to consoles very soon. And it is uh, the Metronomicon Slay the Dance Floor. Nice. And uh, this is actually a rhythm insane. a rhythm game RPG, and uh, the reason I well, honestly the first day what we tried to do is to see as much as we could and try not to have a lot of appointments. And then tomorrow we have more appointments, but um, 
one of the devs came up to me and was talking about Metronomicon. He's like, yeah, we have, you know... And he started listing all these bands, and he was like, yeah, Shiny Toy Guns is a runner game, and I love Shiny Toy Guns. So I was like, okay, I'll play. So I sat down and play, and it's, it's pretty awesome. It's, um... Imagine a rhythm game, sort of like DDR, but you can play it with your mouse and keyboard, or you can play it with um, a, you mm-hmm. know, a, a controller. Control, yeah, controller. Uh, but also, you're you're controlling which of your party members in this RPG are actually fighting at the time. So, picture this: there's four players in an RPG. So there's like we could say like a, a warrior, a cleric, you know, a druid, and like we'll say like a monk, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all fighting against an enemy who's on the right hand side of the screen, and the music is going. And you're having to control, you know, the the music is playing and there's different notes coming down. So you have to hit the notes similar to like Guitar Hero or DDR. Um, but as you actually complete combos and do a certain number in a row, you can actually initiate attacks each one of your party members has. So you can also switch between your party members at any time. So there's four party members going... All these music notes are going. You can jump between them and try to initiate different attacks. If one gets wounded, you can jump to your cleric and try and heal them oh my by God. putting off combos. If you see that the enemy's weak against fire, you can jump to your mage and then cast a fireball by completing <laughs> a certain number of combos. So it, it takes an absurd amount of coordination to really pull it off. Just imagine navigating four, you know, four different rhythms going at the it same time. Sounds insane. Yeah, you don't now. If you like, just want to stay on one character, you can try and do that because you don't lose if you if you do not let a character complete the combo. So like, as long as you're completing combos on one character, you're fine. Mm-hmm. But you only get to use their abilities. The other cool thing that's happening with this is they are having couch co-op too, so you can do it so each each player can control two characters. That could be really fun. Yeah, yeah. And um, also, there's like a number of different party members you can choose, so it's not set for the four. So you can actually build. You know, build a you know a special party. The guy that the developer was saying that he um, likes to build a, a party with lots of uh, healers and lots of characters that do damage over time. Magic, so like dark magic, and then like healers, so you mm-hmm. can like buff and then debuff. So um, yeah, I thought it was really neat. It was like a very innovative way to um, to to keep rhythm games fresh. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it was. Um, I feel like to me at least. Uh, I haven't played a rhythm game I've really enjoyed since like you know the last couple Rockman games, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like there's still there's still a lot more to do with rhythm games. But um, this was a step in in the right direction. I thought it was pretty cool. So cool, cool. It's a, uh, the Metronomicon. Nice. Well, the one I saved for last is the weird game because we always like to talk about the weird game, right? Did you do another game where you have stretchy arms that you're trying to fight each other with? No, I didn't. Not that one. <laughs> but I found a game. Called Donut County. Uh-huh. What? And the the card that I got says, Donut County is a physics adventure where you play as a mysterious hole in the ground. And spoiler alert, I think the hole in the ground is the donut hole. <laughs> okay. But I'm, that's just my guess. Yeah. But anyways, it's kind of like, it's one of those weird games, like, that almost has like a, you know, jazz punkian style opening sure. to it. Because like, I didn't know what it was. It's just like, click to start. Okay. And then the first thing it does is it like the camera kind of pans into this house and a girl is sitting on a bed and she's like texting somebody. But because it's like jazz punk, like none of the interface is like anything that you're familiar with. Yeah. And so she's sitting in the bed and like her text chat is on the screen. There's two buttons underneath the text chat. It's like reply and then a picture of a duck. So you can hit reply. She says something weird. You get a picture of a duck and then the other person ducks you back. And then like you do some weird dialogue and all of a sudden the camera then pans outside and now you're in the backyard, 
there's like a squirrel on a scooter like with like pizzas in the back of the scooter and you have control of a hole in the ground and you move the hole around and things fall through the hole and as things fall through the hole the hole gets a little bigger and then larger things can fall into the hole this is what being drunk feels like. Yeah, and then eventually the hole gets big enough where you can, like, consume the, the squirrel or whatever on the scooter. And I think at that point I completed the level, and I went on to another level, which I assume the same thing is going to happen, right? Um, and the, it's, like, and it's weird physics, right? So when the hole wasn't big enough, I would kind of catch the front tire of the scooter, yeah. and it would, like, flip up into the air, and, like, things that were on the scooters, like, on the back of the scooter would, like, fly everywhere, and I'd have to catch those in the hole. Um, I feel like we always play one of these. Yes. Like, yeah, but like Gang Beast, and there's one yeah. of the, the Noodle Arms. Yeah, I remember Noodle Arms too. Yeah. So this That's was like what I was saying the Noodle Arms. Yeah. Noodle yeah. Arms, Gang so, Beast. Yeah. So this was like the weird one that I found just like by chance. I was like walking my friends around, and I was like, let's just sit down and play something. And we played uh, Donut County. So. Um, <laughs> wow. It's like you know, it's like again, like I think if you are into games like jazz punk weird it's just weird kind of like non yeah. non sequiturs and stuff like that yeah yeah um like it's just a weird physics game it really seems like it's something you just pick up and play because it's like super casual it's all bright and colorful that's and cool and fun and stuff like that so it's just one of those one of those really weird things and i i would assume that subsequent levels would take place in other settings and things just kind of look more ridiculous yeah yeah so anyways that was that was my weird one for today nice cool yeah yeah, so nice. there you go. That's that's our is that our day? That's I, our day. I think that's our day. I we could, actually I we put ate a, the whiskey priest. We ate the whiskey priest tradition as is um, tradition. It was pretty tradition. pretty darn good. I, I tweeted out right as we started this that we are recording an episode. Does anyone have any questions about our day? Mm-hmm. No. And uh, we have Jason, who is actually MSU Hitman, okay, on Twitter, that's and cool. he says, uh, "How close graphically will the Xbox One version of Mass Effect be compared to the PC version?" Shown, 75%, 60%, 50%. Well, I can't give you a percentage, but I can tell you, as someone who's been playing a lot of um, 60 FPS, 1080 games on my PC lately, I definitely did notice the Xbox version running at 30. Um, I could notice it. It still looks and plays great, but I think if you have the option to play at a higher frame rate, you should probably take it. On PC? Yeah. Yep. If you have the option. I think if you have a good they PC. Say- Possibly PS4 as well. Or PS4 no? might be like or 4K. It was 4K. HDR 4K. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know yeah. that the not 60 frames. We didn't hear anything about the frame rate. Yeah, on, yeah. right. On PS4, so, right. And I'm I'm by no means like a PC master race guy. I love playing on my console, yeah. but I think um, for a game like this, if you have a, a, a community of friends that are playing on PC, then by all I means. I think yeah. I think the punchline yeah. for me is that uh, for a game like Mass Effect with that co-op, I'm just gonna play where my friends are playing. Right. And like. Because I'm so enthusiastic about the game, I would not put it past myself to buy one version on console <laughs> and then just have one on PC just for funsies, you know, just to kind of see what that looks like, you know. And, like, if there are people on PC that want to do multiplayer, I'd do that, too, just yeah. for fun. Any uh, other questions? Kate Dollarhide asks, how many friends did you hug today? Who's that, KD? Uh, I, I think I oh, hugged... Man, probably a few. Yeah. Between five and ten? Yeah. yeah. Five and ten friends? We did, we did some... Yeah. So huggies, I'm, I'm a huggy guy at that's these a, shows. That's a great yeah, question. Yeah, I'll hug people. Yeah, I, I like I like seeing friendly people. Mm-hmm. So um, many, Baker's dozen. Uh, a Baker N seven asks Andromeda multiplayer. Is it awesome? Awesome or awesome? It, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's pretty awesome. It's it's it 
feels like uh, like you're riding a bike. It's like a hug from a, a, a friend that you hadn't seen in a while. Right. And it, Because as soon as you start playing, you'll know how to play again. Because you'll just have to pick up the new things. But really, like a lot of that DNA from Mass 3 multiplayer is there. And so I would say it's really good. Yeah. And, you know, a game like that is best enjoyed with friends. And, like, playing with you guys, like, was awesome. Because it was nice just to get in there and communicate and talk about, like, objectives and, like, you know, right. hang together. And we did great in the round. So I yeah. think Mass Effect multiplayer is back. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Um, last one is from Sam Nee, eating great green eggs on Twitter. It says, how was it? Meaning the convention. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Love, love packs. We actually, we were saying that um, this year feels very gamer-centric. It feels yeah. like you can play a lot of things on the floor readily. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of stuff. And then first impressions when we walked in was that it's uh, it's... It feels more open laid, like the layout feels more open than it has in years yeah, previous. Yeah, it's easier to get back and forth from yeah. the from the tabletop all the way up to the gigantic uh, companies, publishers, booths that are kind of near the staircase mm-hmm. at the front of the at the front of the building. But... We just got a last minute question. All right, let's go. Let's do it. This one's from Matt History on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, he what says, does he ask? Who's the best bedmate you've ever had? Oh, who is it? Uh, Matt, you're the best bedmate yeah. because we always get stuck together. <laughs> my favorite memory from last night was middle of the night you rolled over and you said, can I put my hand between these two pillows? <laughs> and I said, sure. And then moments later I said, those are pillows! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up the yeah. evening. We'll see you uh, tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at NerdAppropriate. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we'll be back later with all sorts of fun stuff. I'm going to plug the rest depending, of the Yeah, stuff. well, like, depending on when you're listening to this, go to the Instagram. We're posting tons of Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. We are. Lots of pictures. So go and enjoy.